to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast, the show that empowers you to redefine the life you want and live your best life now. I'm your host, Francine Belly, and I show purpose-driven entrepreneurs and professionals a powerful pathway to become thought leaders in their field, attract their ideal clients, and impact millions of people globally. So don't get fooled. It hasn't always been that way. I went from being a frustrated and unfulfilled corporate employee to living a globe-trotting lifestyle, doing what I love, speaking across the world, and being featured in top media publications. I am on a mission to help a million entrepreneurs and professionals to become thought leaders in their industry by leveraging the power of personal branding. Join me and my guests every Tuesday for inspirational stories and practical strategies to get more meaning in your work and in your life, make the money you deserve, and lead a movement to change the world. Today, I'm really excited to have on the show Jennifer Webb de Cormamont, and she's an entrepreneur passionate about HR, future of work, and helping business grow through their only assets, their people. So her company, Proactive Talent Solutions, is the leading recruitment company in Mauritius. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. Welcome to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast. Thank you for having me, Francine. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Wonderful, wonderful. So before we go any further into our conversation, can you tell us in your own words what you currently do? Okay, so currently I'm an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur for the past 10 years. I started very early at the age of 25. And uh, I provide HR solutions, mainly recruitment, training, and temporary staffing solutions to help business grow and achieve their objectives. That is wonderful, wonderful, 25 years. So actually, uh, one of the questions that I will always love to know is that, why have you actually decided to do this work? Well, the, the main reason for me going into HR as an entrepreneur was because I truly and strongly believe that the good job can transform a person and that the right person can transform a business. This is a, something I believe very firmly uh, into. Mm, I love that. The right person can transform the business. I love that actually, you know, because sometimes we actually recruit people, but, um, you know, we just think that those people are just coming to work, but actually, yeah. you know, I love your think uh, that, you know, the right people can transform the business, which definitely do happen with a great organization. So that's, that's wonderful. So in terms of, um, you know, one thing that people don't know about you, what will that be? Um, that I read a lot of books. Uh, I am quite addicted to books, actually, to be honest, I buy books every month and I tried, I don't read as much as I buy, but I like the idea of buying books mm -hmm. and looking into the books for references, for nice quotes, 
uh, I'm passionate about reading and research uh, in general. So I'm very much into that. Wonderful, wonderful. I'm also a very avid reader. And uh, I think that I have more book on my Kindle than even my physical book, which is already <laughs> too much. <laughs> so, um, so, okay. So uh, what actually has worked for you and your organization? You say that, you know, it is a simple model which is to attract the best performers in your teams and then you train them, develop, retain, reward and recognize them. So why do you think that this simple equation usually doesn't work in most of our organization and is so hard to attract best performance? I think, I think it doesn't work when we are working on retention, for example. I believe that to have a good... Um, workforce and a high performing team, you have to leverage your customer experience to your employee experience. Mm -hmm. It has to be equal. This is the formula of the winning company for me. Your EX and your CX should be equal. And I, I mentioned EX first, you would notice, not CX. Mm -hmm. So I, I truly believe that it's all about uh, making it work for people and um, giving them the space to have work-life balance, quality of life, uh, those are simple, but yet game changers in business today. And um, it, takes, it takes effort and it takes to be people-centric. Whatever you decide in business has to be driven first and foremost by the impact it's going to have on your people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, I get that, you know, and I love the fact that you say employee experience even before customer experience, which actually often do not even um, sometimes, you know, in the best case scenario, you know, is the other way around. And in the worst case scenario, employee experience even doesn't exist. Um, so how do you actually, you know, best develop the, uh, your managers in the organization to provide them, you know, that kind of skills to really develop or pay attention to this employee experience? I think it's all about soft skills. Uh, Jacob Morgan, uh, well-known author, says that the soft skills of, of today are the hard skills of tomorrow. Yes. So it's no more about technical skills now. It's really about soft skills. Um, what we notice is that managers often grow into a position where they have to lead teams and make the wor work happen through people and no more through them. And this is a skill that has to be taught uh, together with emotional intelligence, emotional resilience, emotional agility. Those are the key soft skills for good management. And management for me is all about motivating people. You know, when you have to retain, it's already too late. Mm. If you are focused on motivating your people, there's no reason why those people would not stay in the organization. You know, so we often think of retention as, as the input, but in fact, it's the output. You know, it's the result. Um, retention is just the result. The input is the level of motiva motivation you can foster through your teams, through your management style and your soft skills. Mm, yes, I love that. I love that. Retention is the output. And, uh, you know, I love also the fact that you say that, you know, when we think of retention is already too late and uh, managers need to be able to motivate. So what is do you have some tips to help managers who may not have that kind of skills to start to motivate or where do they should they go to find the right skills to make sure that they motivate their teams? 
yeah, motivating people uh, gets taught and it gets learned. Mm. It gets learned because you, you, you don't have a degree in motivation. Uh, you didn't study people dynamics, at, le at least not all managers did. So it's all about learning yes. uh, and it's a lot of self-learning, I believe. And it's, it's first and foremost uh, about being human. Uh, you know, it's maybe being more like we are at home at the office, mm -hmm. listening to people, having conversations, uh, being less transactional and more relational, I think is a summary yeah. uh, of, of how you do it. Mm, yeah, I love that. Being less transactional and being more emotional. Yes. Yeah, so and uh, another thing, of course, again, if we continue a little bit on this organizational uh, kind of component is, you know, um, again, um, you know, we're going to talk about the great resignation just in a, in a few seconds, but, you know, there is still this kind of command and control style, you know, where um, in some organization people just go and then they don't even trust their employee to do their jobs. Um, so how can we move from this kind of command and control type of uh, organization and uh, get into a more empowering one? I think recently we've seen because of remote work, uh, the emphasis has been even more on what you are saying, a control uh, model, mm -hmm. but it's all about creating the right atmosphere for trust to happen. And it's all about enabling trust with your people and um, taking that leap of faith that, you know, uh, you, you have to give the opportunity to people to show what they can do before you try to control them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we tend to think that managing people is about monitoring and supervising. But in, in, in my opinion, this is not a job. Supervising someone is not a job. You know, it's, it's really about giving your trust. This takes a lot of, of, of risk and of challenge uh, for someone to trust another person without seeing that person doing their work at the office. But it's, it's, it's about trust. And trust is something you win. Uh, it's something you deserve at some point. Uh, and you have to win it as well, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's a give and take in terms of trust mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Can you give us some kind of example of what kind of ways can we use to foster this kind of trust within our team? Any, any kind of example of how we can, you know, in, um, you know, ingrain this kind of thrust atmosphere with, uh, within our... I, I think there's a very simple way in psychology we learn to do that, and it's a tool called the Johari window. The Johari window is a very powerful tool whereby you learn to tell more about yourself, disclose more about your inner feelings, your threats, your, your, the things you are scared, the things you are comfortable with, but give more information to your teams about you. Mm -hmm. And you will see that in return, they will give you more, more about themselves as well. Oh. The more you get to know your people, the more you break down that, self, that awareness phase, the better you can connect in, on an emotional basis with someone and the less it's transactional. You know, and that's the whole point is to get to know people, take the time to know them. And for that to happen, give them more about you in the first place. Mm -hmm. And you will see it will come back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How do you call that? The drawing window? The Joari window. How Joari. do you spell that? J-O-H-A-R-I. 
Okay. Okay, that's good. Okay, wonderful. So that is a very good way, actually, um, to really help us to, uh, you know, uh, make sure that we disclose first, right? So uh, let's talk about ourselves first, which actually usually doesn't happen, especially in this command and control type of organization. Um, the team don't know anything about the manager or, you know, they just come to work and then they are be told what to do and then they go back home and that's it, you know. So you uh, the, the best thing about the Jari Rindu is that you give the trust to the person first by telling more about yourself, mm-hmm. trusting that you are in an emotional space where you are comfortable to give to others and what happens is that you receive in return mm-hmm. yeah that is beautiful beautiful let's now look at our great resignation um you also um have a a perspective on this great resignation where you say that the great resignation is a clear indication that our current work system has reached its limits of not choosing a human centric, you know, over a profit um, centric perspective. Um, so tell us a little bit more about this and how can we make sure that we put a human centric forwards before that profit centric perspective? Yeah, I, I think it's all about um, connecting people to their own purpose. So as an employer or an organization, you have to be the accelerator and the enabler of that in the first place, because what what we see is that many people don't know their purpose Mm. in the first place. So how can you connect to something you don't know? Uh, So the first step, I think, for employers is to open that space where you are asking the right questions, training people into finding their purpose. Uh, Once you do that, you can connect that purpose of your team, team members, to your own purpose as a business and make that link, you know, for, for, for things, for great things to happen as from there. So, of course, you also have to give a good employee experience, at least equal to your customer experience. And it's not easy. I think for many companies, they think they give a great employee experience, but it's not as great as what they can give to their clients, mm-hmm. you know? And, and they, they always say people is a priority, but when you look at the list of priorities, people is not first. Client always comes first on the list. Mm-hmm. We invest so much in marketing, in marketing budgets. Yeah. How much do we invest in people over and above salaries? Uh, not much. So it's, it's a mind shift in terms of prioritizing people uh, first, prioritizing your own teams in the first place Mm -hmm. and focus on their journey, focus on their experience within your businesses um, to make sure that they become your best ambassadors. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, it's, it's a lot about that. And companies who will see the opportunity in this great resignation will have a unique chance to attract the best talents currently because where people are leaving... Uh, you can also catch them to work for you, which you couldn't uh, maybe uh, a few a few months ago. So it's it's also about being opportunistic uh, about this this current issue. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love uh, the fact that, you know, um, you talk about purpose and knowing our purpose at all level, right? So it's obviously at uh, the individual level, making sure that also the purpose of our organization is clear and really making sure that we, we align those purpose. It because, as you say, you know, if we don't know our purpose in the first place, it's going to be very difficult to get um, this kind of alignment going. And uh, I do believe that, you know, you know, knowing our purpose is one of the fundamental things that we can do. Most people do not, you know, sit and really articulate those, you know, this is what I do also when I work with clients, you know, when we go through the process of personal branding, the very first media is know yourself. And uh, we really, really articulate the purpose because it's so important because again, that is going to make sure that you go in the right direction because when you know your purpose, you know exactly which company you can work for or you're going to be aligned with and uh, which is not. Um, So that also will um, avoid a lot of disappointment in the first place. Uh, And also companies themselves need to know their purpose as well. I'm sure that with this great resignation and there are some companies who are reinventing themselves. So again, as you say, this is the great opportunity uh, the great resignation, obviously, I think is the Chinese people that is say when there is crisis, there is also opportunity, right? So, uh, and as you say, it's great uh, opportunity for people to kind of shift um, the way that they are, they are doing um, their work and they are leading people, actually. I also do believe that this is a great opportunity. So, um, so how can company, is there a, 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 a recommendation or some kind of uh, practices that you can share with people in the way of uh, really making this purpose known and uh, very clear in the organization and at individual level? How do you go about helping people to do that? I think there's a there's a, a trend of companies setting their business purpose, uh, but there has to be another deeper, much deeper purpose, which is the HR, the people purpose. Mm-hmm. Most business tend to establish a purpose that's linked to their clients. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a selling pitch or a market marketing pitch, mm-hmm. but that's not as much people driven mm-hmm. and to which their clients can connect very strongly, but not as much their team members. Um, so I think there's a, there's a thinking whether it's a top-down or a bottom-up approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to some extent it should, it should be both or it should be very connected from whichever way you take it, it should be very connected. Um, And um, yeah, many people don't know their purpose. So what you can do as an employer is to to help them find that. You know, we do branding on the outside. I think we should do branding from the inside as well. Yes. Uh, and, and this is going to change things. And this, this is what we do in, in proactive at Proactive Talent Solutions today. We do the branding from the inside. The mm-hmm. employer brand matters as much uh, as the, 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 the brand that you show to your customer. Mm-hmm. You know? Can you so share a little you how you do that? How do you do that employer branding from the inside? Can you share a little bit of some thoughts? Well, you, you, you have to connect the why, why you do things to how you do it and connect that to your internal brand, to your people as well. So it, it has to be aligned. Uh, it has to be lived. Uh, it, it has to be actionable. 
uh, and people have to connect to it. Uh, those are the success criteria for me of a good purpose. Mm. Um, and everyone in the business should be able to say the same why uh, and connect to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Connect the why to the how and make sure that is aligned, lived and actionable. Really, yeah. really powerful, actually. Um, so as, as, as you were talking, actually, I was just having also this thought of, you know how um, we have like corporate branding and then we have employer branding. Do you think that actually those two should merge into some kind of, you know, because the corporate branding is hold, uh, you know, held by marketing and then the employee branding is always something so, you know, that HR does. But there's no real, um, you know, coming together of both branding. Do you think that there is something that needs to be merged into something bigger? I think that uh, HR is more and more multidisciplinary now. HR is digitalizing. HR has to become market material as well. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, this is exactly what we do. Uh, we connect marketing to HR to IT uh, in order to have a bigger impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, very, very clearly, uh, corporate brand and employer brand are equally important mm-hmm. and deserve Uh, the time and effort of marketers and HR alike and working in a team to make it happen. Think about what results we can get if we invest the same energy, budget and efforts and expertise uh, than we do in corporate branding for employer branding. Uh, What what could be the output of that? It's taking it all to another level Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yes, marketing, connecting marketing to HR and to IT and making sure that there is this kind of multidisciplinary kind of cross-working. I love that, actually. I can see that really being powerful, you know, when uh, both are going to be aligned because, you know, we can't just disconnect customer or external customer to internal customer, right? So we need to create something you know, that is really coordinated and uh, aligned and, um, you know, on the same page. Because sometimes we have something differently and uh, it's very difficult to connect the dots, actually. So uh, that is wonderful. So um, so um, now let's actually um, talk about something that you have perhaps experienced in your life one of the most challenging perhaps moment that you have encountered in your life and uh, what actually is the key learning that you've had from that? Well, the past two years, I think for every entrepreneur uh, across the world has been very, very challenging. Um, It made me question my skills, my capacity to be resilient, uh, my limits of managing difficult situations. And I think that was the the past two years, especially last year, was probably after the the first year, you get a second year with the same lockdown. Mm -hmm. Lockdowns were the worst uh, for me. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I think that was the the hardest time I've been through uh, lately. And what I've learned from it is that you can be resilient, you can stay positive. You have a choice. You know, whatever happens to you in your life, you always have a choice. You you have a choice to give up. You have a choice to accept. And I've learned that the faster you accept things, uh, the faster you go beyond them. Mm -hmm. The more you fight things you can't change, um, the longer it takes you to to go above and beyond. 
So I've learned to accept. I've learned to stay positive. I've, I've taken that time to, to read, uh, to gather new skills, to research, um, to bounce back. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it worked. It worked for me because of that. You know, in a year where recruitments were pending, uh, everything was put on hold. Um, I've learned that there was a, a space to to do outplacement, and outplacement was a service that we sold last year mm -hmm. uh, to to sectors and industries that needed it, and to people that needed the support mm -hmm. uh, to to reintegrate the market of work, the the world of work, sorry, and and to have the skills mm -hmm. uh, to to bounce back as freelancers. Well, we we did a major project where we not only did we find a way to to go beyond the difficult situation, but we also see that opportunity to help people. Mm, yeah, I love that. Can you explain what outplacement is? So outplacement is a service where uh, you accompany people back to the job market, mm. where you teach them how to do a CV, how to analyze their strengths. You do strengths tests, psychometric tests with them. Mm. You guide them through the results and you tell them what are the opportunities and the extent to which their strengths can match current market requirements. Mm -hmm. uh, so you guide them into the right jobs mm -hmm. for them to be employable. Okay, okay. Rather than you being uh, recruiting people for organization, yeah. actually you help people who are on the job market to actually boost their skills to get back into the marketplace. Exactly. Yeah. And it was mostly people who were uh, at the center of restructure exercises or that lost their jobs or others that were wanting to move jobs. So outplacement is for, for people to stay employable, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is wonderful. So what would you say is your purpose, uh, Jennifer? My purpose right now, it changes, <laughs> but my purpose right now is to help people find their purpose. Whoa, I love that. <laughs> it's as simple as that. <laughs> Helping people find their purpose. Wonderful. So knowing what you know now, which advice would you give to your younger self to do meaningful work and live a meaningful life? Always live a life by design, not by default. This is my motto. Mm. Choose to live a life by design, not a life by default. Okay. That's, can you elaborate a little bit for our listeners? How can they live a life by design? By doing the things you love, by doing the things that make sense to you, that do, by doing things that makes you feel alive, useful, meaningful, uh, making a positive contribution in the life of others, directly, indirectly, whether it's a product you sell, it's a service you sell, um, connecting what you are passionate about to what you do, exactly like you. <laughs> exactly yes i'm here doing my meaningful life and doing meaningful work yes yeah, so that is wonderful so what do you want to be remembered for jennifer mm, for the positive impact i've made on people's life at times where they had difficult choices to make mm -hmm. uh, and comforting them sometimes it's just about comforting them in what they knew already Yeah. Or sometimes it's making them see things they haven't seen. But people come, come to me for career guidance, career transition. And I think this is my point of impact. Mm, yeah, exactly. And leading them to their purpose, obviously. Absolutely. Always. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Any last piece of guidance that you'd like to pass on to our listeners to do more meaningful work and live a meaningful life? 
I think people, maybe one advice, I think people tend to underestimate their skills. My advice to them would be know your strengths. This is your biggest asset is to know your strengths because no matter what, your skills will always make you and keep you employable. Mm, I love that. Love your strength. That is really, really powerful, actually. Now, how people can uh, actually reach you and uh, know a lot about you and uh, what you are doing, the fabulous job that you are doing, actually. They can reach me on my email or on our website. Our website is www.proactive.mu and my email uh, is jennifer at proactive.mu. Very simple. Okay. And I'm, I'm connected on LinkedIn. So yeah, connected of yourself. That's a very good way to reach me as well. Okay, that is wonderful. That's how we reach. You know, on LinkedIn, LinkedIn is a fabulous network. I love that so much. Absolutely. So thank you so much, Jennifer, for your wisdom, for sharing your wisdom with our listeners and uh, really uh, and sharing your gem. Uh, so I really thank you for that. And uh, I'll see you another time. Thank you very much for your time. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Francine. That is it for today. I will see you next week for another episode of this season eight. Hey, if you're ready to get more meaning in your life, make the money you deserve and lead a movement to change the world and become a recognized thought leader in your industry, you better get on my email list where I send unique tips and practical strategies every single week in your inbox. Sign up to receive my free personal branding checklist. This is a one-page checklist that will help you pinpoint immediately which of the seven areas you should focus on to create an influential personal branding and make a bigger impact. So just head over to francinebelay.com slash podcast that F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E-B-E-L-E-Y-I.com slash podcast. And until then, dream, act, and make an impact. Lots of love.